In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In Godly Play, the Sunday school curriculum we use here for our children, when we're telling the story of the Exodus, the story that begins with the Passover feast described in our first reading this evening, we tell the story about how the people of God, who had been in slavery in Egypt, left Egypt after Pharaoh finally decided to let them go. You know the story, Moses goes to Pharaoh over and over again and says, let my people go, and Pharaoh says over and over again, no. Then things begin to happen to the people of Egypt, but it isn't until what happens just after the reading that we have this evening, when the firstborn son of every household dies, save for the Hebrews who put the blood of the goat or their lamb on their doorposts, it isn't until that happens that Pharaoh finally relents and lets them go. The people of God, afraid that Pharaoh might change his mind, hurry to gather their things and prepare for the journey as quickly as they can. And in the godly play story, we say, they packed all they could carry and they baked bread for the journey. There was no time to put leaven in the bread so it would swell up and get big and fluffy like the bread you buy in the store. It was flat. You can still eat this bread today. It's called matzo. And whenever you taste it, whenever you eat it, you can still taste this story. You can still taste this story. Now taste is an important sense for human beings. From an evolutionary standpoint, the sense of taste helped humans throughout history test food. A bitter or a sour taste can be an indication of poisonous or inedible plants, while a sweet or salty taste is often a sign of nutrient-rich food. The sense of taste, therefore, has been an important factor in our survival. And I would argue that tasting the bread and the wine at this table is a matter of our survival as well. Tonight, as we remember the night Jesus was betrayed all those years ago, we not only remember Jesus teaching his disciples and us what it truly means to be a servant by washing his friend's feet, but we also celebrate and remember the institution of the Eucharist, that wonderful and sacred mystery of a sacrament that has been passed down from generation to generation. Because there is something about tasting this bread and this wine at the table that is in fact a matter of spiritual survival. There is something about tasting this bread and this wine which gives us strength for the journey ahead and forms us into the servants Christ, Christ commanded us to be, those who love one another as Christ has loved us. So what do we taste when we come to this table? When we, the, pe the people of God, the body of Christ, gathered here together in this building and scattered throughout the world, consume this bread and this wine, this body and this blood 
when it lands on our tongue and becomes bread for our journey through the wilderness of this world, what is it that we taste? Do we taste the sour reality of Judas's betrayal, Peter's rejection, Jesus's feelings of abandonment, or the disciples' grief over losing their friend? Do we taste the saltiness of Jesus's tears in the Garden of Gethsemane, or of the disciples' tears following Jesus's crucifixion? Do we taste the bitterness of a life and a body broken open for all people? Do we taste the sweet victory of Jesus' triumph over death? Or do we taste something entirely different? Regardless of what you taste, when we remember this story, when we approach this table, I hope that we can taste the fellowship of those first disciples gathered around the table with Jesus. And I hope we remember our need for and are strengthened by the fellowship that we find gathered around our table. I hope as we taste this fellowship, we can learn the importance of remembering our world by reconciling all people to God through Christ. When we taste the sacrifice Jesus made for his friends and for the world in this bread and this wine, I hope we remember that we too are called to lay down our lives for our friends and for the kingdom of God. When we taste the death of Christ in this bread and this wine, I hope we remember our own baptismal deaths with Christ. And when we taste the resurrection of Christ, I hope we remember that we are ultimately an Easter people who did die, but who also rose with Christ and who are therefore called to look for the resurrection of that which is dead every single day of our lives. When we taste this bread and this wine, this body and this blood, kneeling shoulder to shoulder around this table, I hope that we, the body of Christ, remember what life should be. And I hope that we are strengthened to make our lives and our communities and our worlds just that. Coming to this table, tasting this food, is a matter of survival. It is a matter of remembering what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like, and it is a matter of being formed and fortified to build that kingdom in our midst. Whatever you taste, when you come to this table tonight and every other time you come to this table, I hope that you let it touch you deep in your soul. Because when we come to this table out of the wilderness of our lives, it's a matter of survival. When we come to this table and bind ourselves to one another and let Christ bind himself to our very insides, to the very core of ourselves, we are changed and strengthened and equipped for the journey ahead. So beloved children of God, as you approach this table in a few short minutes, do so as if your life depends on it.
do so in the knowledge that as you consume this bread and this wine, you will be made more into the person and the being you were created to be. As you eat this bread and drink this wine, pay attention to what you taste and let it set you free to be the child of God you were created to be and to do the work you have been given to do. Amen. Amen.